love that creative reading of this of the scripture text and you know um becky got it she nailed it um because the servant was probably a young boy <laughs> kind of like an acolyte uh, that helps out the pastor or the priest in the in the worship services um so that was awesome thank you today we continue with our series which um, i introduced last week on the transfiguration text where jesus is up on the mountain with um, Moses and Elijah. So our, th our theme this Lent is conversations with the prophets. What did they really talk about? Well, we don't know that. But we have some interesting stories that can tell us and share some insights into why these prophets are so great and what they can teach us as much as they probably um, taught the people of Israel. So Today, it's the story of, of Elijah and King Ahab and a drought that has been going on for three years now. And God had defeated Baal, this god of idol worship that Israel had taken um, kindly to. Um, god had defeated Baal at the sacrifice on Mount Carmel. A few weeks ago, I shared some of that story. And in that particular story, um, the, the, the prophets of Baal are the ones who are kind of leading that sacrifice. And if you remember, there's only one prophet remaining of the Lord God. That one remaining is Elijah. So it says... This is after, the, um, after God has defeated Baal in the, in the challenge of sacrifices on Mount Carmel. Um, in the third year of that drought, God told Elijah to go to King Ahab and tell him that God was going to bring an end to the drought. Elijah called the king, and the king and Elijah met. The king's first reaction was to say something to the effect, well, why are you here? You're just a troublemaker, Elijah. And Elijah's response is, no, Ahab, you and your family, they're the troublemakers. You're the one that's leading people away from the Lord God to worship the idols of Baal. But he did say this then to the king. He ordered the king to have all of Israel listen to this promise that the rains were coming. Now, this is an important promise because the people of Israel had not been following the Lord, their God. They had been following the gods and the idols of Baal. As a matter of fact, um, Baal and Asherah were two important um, idols that were worshipped and uh, gods that were worshipped. And this is what, um, during the confrontation up on the mount, uh, this is what Ahab um, heard from Elijah. And he had, Elijah had told the king to go gather all the people of Israel together. So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, 
How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? And that word hobbling could actually literally be translated limping. So the people of Israel are limping between two decisions. This is what Elijah then says. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. Waiting for the response, right? Well, this is the response. But the people were completely silent. Limping. Hobbling. Back and forth. Uh, do I feel like Baal today, or do I feel like the Lord God? Do I feel like Asherah? Do I feel like God? I don't know. As I said, there would be a contest on Mount Carmel to show who truly was the God, who is the God of Israel. The contest showed the power between the Lord God and Baal. Baal is soundly defeated in the contest. Remember, Elijah was telling them, you know, well, what's wrong with your God? He's not responding. He doesn't hear your prayers. Maybe he's, maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's napping. Um, there's even a reference. Maybe he went to the bathroom. Maybe you should go check on your God. And so they resort to all kinds of craziness to try to, to get their God to, to listen to them. And Baal never responds. The people are hobbling, they're limping between these two choices. In the contest, Baal is revealed as a God that does not listen, a God that does not care, a God that does not act on behalf of the people who worship him. That, who, that is who Baal is. The God of Israel, on the other hand, is the God who has heard the cries of his people. The God of Israel is the God who loves the people, who cares for the people, and who acts on behalf of the people. You see, God fulfills his promises, and he does that on Mount Carmel. But that is not the end of it. There is more. God delivers a promise to Elijah that he shares with King Ahab, rain is coming. The drought will soon be over. Elijah told King Ahab, in, in the literal translation from the Hebrew, it says this, Elijah said to King Ahab, commanded King Ahab, go up and eat and drink. Go up and eat and drink. What that means is go home. <laughs> go up means to go home. And Elijah's telling King Ahab, now go home because the rain will come. God is the God of promises and God fulfills his promises. So even though you've gone through this terrible drought, it will soon come to an end. So go home and eat and drink. In essence, go home and return back to a normal life. It's been a tough three years for them. And now they're being told that they can return back to normalcy. The crisis is soon to be over. So go and celebrate that the promises of God are being fulfilled. 
promises of the true God, the promises of the one and only God. God had this good news for King Ahab. And God has good news for us too. This pandemic that we have been suffering from will be over. Maybe not till fall, maybe sooner, but it will be over. Ash Wednesday, for me, was a glimpse, a spiritual glimpse of God fulfilling his promises. We had two small Ash Wednesday services on the patio, and it was so amazing to see people, some dearly loved people who I hadn't seen for nearly a year, what joy that brought to my heart. And at the same time, I experienced some deep grief. Grief over what we have lost this past year. Grief over whom we have lost this past year. Wondering what it will look like in the future. You can't go back to the beginning, but we can move forward with hope. So after telling King Ahab to go home and begin to put the kingdom back into some semblance of normalcy, after telling him that, Elijah himself went back up to Mount Carmel to pray. And as King Ahab went home to eat and drink, Elijah bowed down upon the earth and he put his face between his knees. Try doing that. You actually have to get onto the ground usually to do this where you kneel on the ground and you put your face down in front of your knees, between your knees. Elijah is taking a position of humility here. Even as a mighty prophet who has just performed a miraculous sign, he kneels before God. And this is also a state of mourning because they too have lost a lot over these three years of the drought. And Elijah represents the Israelite people and all that they have lost. They have lost so much. And some of them, many of them, don't even realize what they have lost. We, lo we have lost much too. We have lost our rhythm of Sabbath, worshiping together. We have lost our ability to gather others together for the sake of learning to follow Jesus. And we have lost our ability to organize and to go out and to serve those in need. This calls us to enter into a position of humility, of submission, as Elijah teaches us. 
and it gives voice to our mourning. Because our rhythm of worship, for instance, on the Sabbath has been so disrupted, who knows what it will look like in the future. Will people come back when we come back together? Have we lost some of our community? Those are some of the prayers that I pray and I need to continue to pray as we kneel, as I kneel, and I invite you to kneel with me and to pray with me. I mean, it's okay to grieve. You know, it's okay to wonder. And all the more reason for us to kneel because that is where we begin to trust in God. It's hard to trust in God when you take credit for everything that happens in your life. It's hard to trust in God when you want to control. But trusting in God is more than just kind of a cognitive assent, an agreement. It's more than an intellectual assessment. Trusting in God involves our whole body. Like Elijah shows us as he kneels down. Trusting in God involves our activity, our way of life, how we live, who we are. We know where Elijah and King Ahab stand at this point. But what about the people of Israel? Some scholars say that the Israelites, well, they were neutral, they were indifferent, they were in the middle between the Lord God and they were deciding which God was better, God or Baal. Both gods to them had important features or attributes, so they decided to keep them both. But the scholars that I follow are clear. The Israelites are not neutral nor are they in the middle. Do you remember that two verses that I read earlier? So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, how much longer will you waver limping between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. You see, these people are not indecisive or indifferent. They are not apathetic. Plain and simple, they have defected. They have abandoned the Lord God. They have forsaken their solitary devotion to Yahweh. And they have split it up among spiritual options. That is deserting the true identity of God. When the Israelites are wavering, it's not a point of neutrality. It's a point of brokenness. A point where they cannot see who God truly is. They have deserted the true identity of God. And what they forget don't realize is that 
God's identity is where they get their identity. And the same is true for us. God's identity is where we get our identity. So as we waver, as we limp between spiritual options, we also defect. And we devalue ourselves. We devalue God, but we also devalue ourselves. So how have we defected from God? How do we limp from God to God, from idol to idol? From false hope to false hope? Are we too lost? Are we too in need of a God who can save us? You know who is in the middle in this story? Elijah. Elijah is in the middle. His life is fully devoted to the Lord God and to the Lord God alone. And he stands in the middle between God and Israel. He stands right in between the Lord God, fully devoted to the Lord God, and he stands in the middle between God and Israel, who has betrayed God. He follows God's call, and he continues to stand in the middle to represent God to the people. By standing in the middle, he represents, advocates, articulates, demonstrates the true identity of God. God is the one who loves you. God is the one who redeems you. God is the one who acts for you. God is the one who has come for you. He follows God's call. But standing in the middle as believers and followers of God, do we stand in the middle? Do we represent God? One of the things that we learn from Elijah is that it is not easy to stand in the middle. It tears at your soul because you're living in between two worlds, between God's world, the world that God intended for us, and the broken world. And when we stand in between those two worlds, we get pulled. And what Elijah has been experiencing is a great pulling, a great stress upon his life. So much that he becomes discouraged, dejected, and ready to die. He's been following God. He's been standing in the middle for God. And now he is the only one left doing that. It takes its toll on Elijah. 
it takes its toll on anyone who fulfills this calling. People who stand in the middle on behalf of God suffer, not because they're neutral, but because they represent God to the people of God. They advocate for God even if people don't know who God is. They are stuck in the middle because that is where God has called them to be. Elijah was in the middle because God had called him to be there. Thankfully, there is one for us who has stood in the middle on our behalf. Jesus was led out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights where he was tested by Satan. He stood in the wilderness between human brokenness and divine redemption. And he remained obedient to God. His enemies said that Jesus was possessed. And they were right. But not like they thought. They thought he was possessed by an evil spirit. But what the scriptures are clear about is that Jesus was possessed by the Spirit of God. And Jesus stood in the middle between heaven and earth as he hung on the cross for our lives. And now Jesus has called you and me as baptized Christians, as followers of Jesus, to stand in the middle, to represent God, to advocate for God and for God's creation. As baptized believers, we are called to trust in Jesus. We are called to follow Jesus so we too can stand in the middle. Now, not as heroically as Elijah did it, and certainly not as perfectly without sin like Jesus did it. But still we are called to stand in the middle and to represent Jesus to the world. Let's stand in the middle and let's represent Jesus to our children and to our grandchildren, to our friends and to our families. Let's stand in the middle for them. That's what it means truly to trust in God. And for us as a church, we too are called to stand in the middle, to trust in Jesus. Let's be thinking and praying during these next months before we come back together about how we can pray and listen for how God is calling us as a church, as the people of Christ, to represent Jesus to our community, to our neighborhood, to our preschool. Being in the middle is not a bad thing. As long as we remember why we're in the middle, remembering who we are and whose we are and why we're standing there.